what up what up what up what's going on everybody this is dom lewis back with another episode of the philly sports 444 podcast this is episode 49 of the podcast episode 49 and this episode is discussing episodes five and six of the last dance um i'm recording this a little bit late uh i should have recorded this some time ago but i just didn't have a chance to so um i'm kind of back to uh square one where i started i I did like a three, um, kind of like a three-part series, uh, like two weeks ago, and I'm doing the same thing again. So it's actually uh, this is Sunday, May 17th, and um, they're actually going to be airing the last episodes tonight, episodes nine and ten. So this is part one of that three-part series. Uh, this is talking about episodes five and six, and then tonight I'll re-record episodes for uh, seven and eight and nine and ten. Well, either between tonight and tomorrow. So, um, a little bit backed up, but you know, it is what it is. We push through, we get through it and, um, yeah, we we're here. So just want to first thank everybody who listened to the pod over the last couple of weeks, uh, since I kind of been back to recording, glad that I'm able to record again. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, people have been tuning in. So thank you guys for that. And if you haven't, um, if you know, you want to listen to them again, or you need to spread the word to somebody and tell them to listen, we're available on Apple, available on Spotify, available on, uh, Google play. And we're always available on anchor and they can, uh, subscribe to the podcast, share it, uh, listen to it and follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. All right. We're on all three of those platforms and we're on all the major platforms as far as podcasting goes. All right. So thanks for uh listening tuning in and supporting the pod and without further ado let's get into it um so episodes five and six they were they were pretty good and they were actually getting into the meat of i guess i don't want to say the meat but like they're getting pretty intense i guess you could say uh particularly episode six but i'll start with episode five so episode five opens up with uh all-star game nights 98 and this is, um, quote unquote, Jordan's last all-star game, but it is Kobe Bryant's first all-star game. So, uh, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. I still can't believe that, you know, we have to talk about him in the past tense, but, um, it's the all-star game of 1998 and this is Kobe's first game and it opens up with Kobe. Actually, the episode opens up with Kobe actually, um, you know, acknowledging Mike and talking about, how great um, Michael Jordan is, and there wouldn't be a Kobe Bryant without Michael Jordan. Uh, you know, talk about you know the reason he has five championships is because of Mike, and really kind not even just that, but kind of um, shows appreciation to him as being Jordan's little brother, and you know that just kind of like brings us back to like a few months ago when Kobe passed away, and you know. Michael Jordan gave his eulogy, like, their, their relationship was so much deeper, I feel, than a lot of us actually know, we just see, like, on the surface how the relationship was, we see, you know, how he's, how each other's games mimic each other, and we see, uh, you know, from a, I guess, from a, a macro standpoint, um, but, um, we don't actually know how, how deep their relationship goes, I think only people, in, you know, in those inner circles know, and, just from seeing the first parts of the episode, you can see, uh, just from what Kobe was saying that the how deep the relationship goes. And, you know, it may even be deeper than that. 
So it just shows you um, the greatness of those two and how deep the relationship goes. And I really appreciated that part of the episode. I guess I appreciate that part most because, um, you know, two great players, you know, one at the end of his career, one at the beginning of his career, and just kind of um, like, you know, kind of intertwined. Just was a, I think it was a special part of that. It was well, well done by the director. Well done um, by everyone who put this together. That was that, that part of the, the episode was well done. So, you know, I respect that. So, episode was up with the All Star Game 1998. Jordan was the MVP, of course. Um, and it's funny because it opens up not only with Kobe talking, but with Jordan, you know, being in a locker room. And it's funny because you know his former ne- nemesis, Larry Bird, is now the coach. Of, of the Eastern uh, Conference All Stars, so it opens up with him and him and uh, with Jordan and Larry Bird taking a picture, and it's just like wow, like to see that relationship how it's grown, and then and then Magic comes into the locker room, so like you see the three, the three of that '80s era, um, all in one shot, but at different points in their life, and it's interesting to see, you know, Magic being a mobile, Larry Bird being you know a, a really really great coach in the NBA, and then Jordan being. Uh, the best player in the NBA at that time, but on the back end of his career. So, good seeing that. You know, like I said, Jordan wins the All-Star game. And then they kind of transition into uh, the Knicks-Bulls game that happened in uh, March of that March of 1998. So, this is the game where uh, this was, quote-unquote, Jordan's last game in Madison Square Garden. He loved playing in the Garden. He talked about how much he loved playing in the Garden. That was his favorite place to play. And he throws it back. Instead of putting on his, the, the recent Jordans or the Jordans of that year, which were the Jordan 13s, he puts he throws it back to the Jordan ones, the first ones he ever wore in the Garden, and <laughs> he actually uh, he has a really good game in those Jordans. Um, I think he scored like 42 points or something like that. Uh, really, really good game, and he talks about how the sneakers were like you know killing him, how they made his feet hurt, and um, you know his feet were bleeding, but he was having such a good game where he didn't want to take the sneakers off, so. He had a good game with the Seekers on. And then they transitioned from... Because that was an important part of the episode because they talk about, you know, the, the sneakers, period. The Jordan sneaker, period. And it was interesting to see that part because um, Michael Jordan's former agent, David Falk, who was, uh, you know, represented Jordan since, like, from the beginning of his career up until, like, I think, like, early 2000s. Um, he negotiated his first, like, all of his first... Um, endorsement deals in particular the Jordan sneaker deal and that uh one was negotiated I think they were going to pay him $250,000 to wear a sneaker and most most people didn't get over $100,000 so they gave him $250,000 keep in mind Nike at this time I think Nike came about in 1980 or 1981 so this is a brand new company um you know just getting off the ground really you know 1984 you know they're, they're not like known like Converse and Adidas, and Jordan, he made it known that he didn't want to go tonight, he wanted to be part of Adidas, he liked Adidas, and um, Adidas just wasn't going to work out for him, they, they weren't going to pay him, and they, it wasn't going to work out for him, so um, he actually, if it weren't for his mother, uh, he wouldn't even have gone on a plane to even meet with Nike, so it's interesting to see that part, so they, you know, David Falk negotiates this deal, they pay him you know, they're, they're expecting to get like three or four million back, you know, first year off of selling these sneakers. They make in the first year, they make $126 million off of Jordan sales, Jordan sneaker sales. 
and that's all because of the popularity of Jordan, how much he escalated, you know, not just his brand, but the NBA in general, Chicago Bulls, everybody. So everyone kind of blossomed in and uh, really um, became successful off of Jordan's success. It's interesting to see that because, um, you know, these days, you know, people are so, um, you know, nego- like having endorsements is a big part of uh, being a professional athlete these days. And then you see kind of the blueprint of someone who kind of, I'm not going to say started all, but he kind of made endorsements what they are today. And that's that was good to see. So um, the Jordan brand, and, and I have a separate documentary just on, you know, the Jordan sneaker period um, and how that came about. And I'm going to check that out on, you know, some of my downtime. But that was, that's interesting just to see a little snippet in this episode. Then the transition from, um, you know, uh, 1998, you know, because these episodes go back in time. So they went back to 92 and they flash back to Bulls versus Blazers. And I can, it's funny, a little sidebar. I can actually remember that game being, I think it was on Sega. I think there was, it was an NBA game. It was called Bulls versus Blazers. The Bulls versus the Blazers, but it was like on Sega or I think I really think it was on Sega or Super Nintendo, one or the other. Um, but they they flash back to Bulls Blazers, and this is the Bulls trying to go for uh, trying to repeat, and they actually they ended up repeating, but they flash back to this first game, and this first game in particular, this was the one where Jordan, uh, this is where he does the infamous shrug. Uh, <laughs> This is when he does the infamous shrug, and um, I guess it was against Robinson, but I mean he was killing the Blazers that game. Uh, this was this was the game where he had 35 in the first half. I think he only ended with 38, but he had 35 in the first half. It just he just kind of torched um, the Blazers in that first game, but he let it be known prior to the series even starting. I, Magic Johnson kind of cuts in, and they you know talk about how he was playing cards over Jordan's house for that night before the final started. And he said, I'm going to kill this guy. He's talking about going against Clyde Drexler. And Clyde Drexler and Jordan were being compared a lot during this year and um, a lot during their careers, actually. But, you know, Jordan, he has this thing about him always getting the edge on somebody. He always he, he always finds a competitive edge against someone in some type of form or fashion. And that's what makes him so great. He always, and now we'll get into it in, uh, particularly when we talk about episodes seven and eight, but you know he finds a way to get that competitive edge against somebody, and I just I, I I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by you know just the way um, he can take any small thing and just that can be a competitive edge to him. And like he like you'll see later on when I talk about episode seven and eight, that's just the that was his mentality. That's just the way he played the game. It's awesome to see. So. Um, they flash back to 92, you know, the Bulls win this series. They win it four to two, actually. I thought they would, you know, I, I didn't know win six games, but they won the series four to two. They repeat as champions and then they go right into the 92 Olympics. So Jordan's not getting any rest. I mean, he goes right from, you know, the season MVP season. Um, I think he might've won an all-star MVP that year, but he goes right from MVP. You know, let me take that back. I don't know if he won the all-star MVP, but I know he won MVP this year. And he won MVP of the finals as well. He goes right into the Olympics. Um, and they flash back a little bit to, uh, you know, uh, him getting a call about 
the Olympics, okay? Um, we want you to come play in the Olympics, sure. Um, who all, basically, he basically asked on the phone, and this was me saying it in the group chat, who all gonna be there? But he asked who all was playing. Um, and he, uh, the per- whoever he talked to in front of, I think it was Rod Thorne, but he basically said, the person you're thinking about isn't going to be playing. And that person in thought was Isaiah Thomas. Um, Isaiah, and, and you know, m- most people know this today, Isaiah was left off of that, that dream team. And the reasons could be for whatever you want to say. A lot of people equate it to Jordan leaving them off. Um, I don't know if that's the reason or not. I mean, most people assume that's the reason, of course. But, um, you know, if you listen to the, the interviews from Michael Wilbon doing this entire thing, and some of the, some of the you know, uh, some of the talks I've had with other people, they said that, you know, it wasn't just, it wasn't just Isaiah not getting along with Jordan. It was Isaiah not getting along with a lot of other people. So that's interesting to know. Like, I didn't know that he had this much friction with, you know, Magic and Larry Bird and all these other people. Sidebar, I hate Randy Brown. I just want that to be known. I just think that that dude, is, well, he was not, he, I don't know too much about Randy Brown, but he just reminds me of a person that just always all up in the video, but not contributing nothing. That's who he reminds me of. He reminds me of that comment that Suge Knight made back in the day uh, at the Source Awards when he was like, you know, you don't want the producer all up in the videos, come to death row. He reminds me of that person. I can't stand Randy Brown. I just want that to be known. I can't stand that guy. But I digress. I'll go back to what I was talking about. So, um, man, I completely, completely lost track of thought. So, we talk about the 92 Olympics. and talk about why Isaiah was like off of the team. I did not know he had that much friction with a lot of people on the team. I mean, you know, I, I, just, I, I don't know if Isaiah was just a douchebag. Uh, I don't know, man. Um, but he was left off of that team. And they said that the, the team's karate camaraderie wouldn't have been what it was if Isaiah was on that team. That's interesting to know because you know, these are all great players, all-stars, and his head coach was coaching the team, Chuck Daly. So, for him not to be on that team, him to be excluded from all of that, I mean, okay, he was excluded from it, you know, I mean, and it, trust me, there was players that he could that, that could have, that he should have replaced, I would say. Like, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say anybody's names. I'll leave you guys up to saying that, but I have several players in mind he could have replaced and been on that team. But they say the camaraderie wasn't what it was, and if it was the, just the politics of it, you know, why he was left off of the team, then that's just what it is at this point. And he was left off of the team. So, 92 Olympics comes. They show... Um, the competitive practices, you know, between Magic and Michael and all the, all the players, basically, um, and they show the practices and they show basically the team coming together and just dominating other the other you know the world teams basically just dominating everybody else. So USA wins gold, but I think it's important to know that the NBA kind of grew its brand basically. Uh, from being just a national entity to becoming more global. And I think that's the start of what you see the NBA as today. You know, with the game being so global, I mean, a lot of international stars are in the league. Um, And some might even say international stars kind of run the league. But 
it's interesting to see that, you know, that was kind of the start of these players or the league becoming what it is today. And I got to give a lot of credit to, of course, Michael Jordan and Dave Stern and his vision as far as making the league what it is today from a global standpoint. And a little tidbit about the 92 Olympics. It was just interesting to see uh, Jordan, um, you know, because he's, he's with Nike, you know, before it became like, before jumping like kind of became like its own entity. And it's kind of like a subsidiary of Nike, but um, before that really became his own entity, he, he was not going to show the Reebok logo on an international stage. You know, Reebok made their uniforms and all this other stuff. They made, you know, the clothing for the Olympic Olympic players or the Olympians, I should say. Um, but he, he accepted his gold medal and had the had the American flag draped over him, which was a pretty cool look. So that was that was cool. Um, but then you see, like, uh, it kind of goes back to the episode. Then kind of transitions. It goes back into the the brand of not just you know the league, but it kind of transitions from the brand of the league to the brand of Michael Jordan. Period. And one of those ways it took off was with the Be Like Mike campaign. Uh, the, the Gatorade campaign, Be Like Mike. And, you know, sometimes I dream that that, that commercial. And uh, interesting to see that because that's kind of, that, you know, we talked about his brand earlier, his endorsements. But the Be Like Mike thing, that kind of propelled his brand. Like, not just him advertising for other people, but his brand in general. And the Be Like Mike thing was just... That, that that took off on its own. That became its own kind of um, its own beast, I guess you could say. So, um, yeah, the Be Like Mike campaign was that was it's it's still crazy because I mean, people still say today like you know I want to be like Mike. It's it's crazy, and people really did want to be like Mike at this time. I mean, he was they saw you know him being this dominant force in the NBA and dude had this like infectious smile you know he from the service you see like this great personality and then um episode six kind of transitions going a little deeper like do you really want to be like mike because episode six and before episode six even airs it talks about the 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 thing where he said you know the republicans wear sneakers too and the harvey gant versus jesse helms situation where um Michael Jordan didn't necessarily speak up for um, Harvey Gant. He didn't, you know, um, outwardly endorse him, but he did give money to his campaign. Um, but the episode like transitioned into, do you really want to be like Mike? Because there's a lot under the surface that we don't know about. And it could have been like a smear campaign, but the first thing you, you notice in episode six is they talk about the gambling. So they talk about, well, the first thing they talk about, and I'm actually watching it right now, where they talk about, you know, Michael Jordan constantly being around people, he constantly being around people, like, from the minute he gets off the elevator, to the minute he's going to a car, to a bus, whatever, he, whatever, wherever he's going, um, wherever he's trying to, you know, move to, there's people always surrounding him, and he t- he's in he's, uh, this moment where he's, like, on the couch, and he's like, man, I'm just ready to get out of this, like, I have no regrets, I'm ready to get out of this kind of life, just don't want to be you know, around all of this. I don't want to constantly be around all of this. And I have to respect that. Like, I mean, the dude is like the biggest star in the world at this time. 
one of the biggest stars in the world. I mean, besides like Michael Jackson, you know, and a few other, but Michael Jordan was, he was bigger than life, you know? So it wasn't just basketball with him. He was carrying the weight of so many other things, even things he didn't ask for. So, you know, with the whole Harvey Gantt versus Jesse Helms thing, you know, going back to that, it's like, you know, so is he the, is he the voice of all black people as well, just because he's his public figure? And I'm not, I'm not taking this side or I'm not bashing. I'm just asking a question. Like, is he the voice of all black people just from him being this global figure? It's kind of like the Barack Obama thing. Like, I have to, like, me and my dad get into this a lot. Not a lot, but we got into it a few times. Like, I had to always tell my dad, like, Barack Obama wasn't the president of black people. He was the president of the United States, the leader of the free world. So he just couldn't do things just for black people. He had to do things for all people. And I'm not, I don't get into, like, a lot of political arguments or anything like that. Trust me, I, I don't like doing it. But I just think it's a, um it's a point to make like he is not Michael Jordan wasn't the leader of all black people just because he was a black man on a on a global stage like yes he could have could he have you know endorsed Harvey Gantt maybe yeah he probably should have done it do I blame him for not doing it not necessarily I mean does he really want to get it does that is that a thing he really wants to do and you know people get on like oh it's about the money for him I don't really think it's about that I think it's just about really picking and choosing his battles. And, you know, it's that's just not, that wasn't his thing. And I think it was interesting because I just heard a, a little snippet of a um, conversation with Colin Coward the other day. Michael Jordan is a very private guy. Like, <laughs> he, I, I love the way he put it. He said he's a very private guy living a public life. And, you know, his, his, Michael Jordan's daughter, Jasmine Jordan, did an interview with... I think the New York Times or New York Post or somebody. Um, oh, no, no. Associated Press, excuse me. Um, did an interview and talked about, like, you know, she didn't even understand why it was such a big deal with the Harvey Gantt thing. Like, her dad is so private. Like, she only knows him as dad. Like, she didn't know him as his bigger, like, bigger than, like, star. And it's interesting to see, like, you know, that because, like, you know, we know, we know Jordan as, like, you know, the goat and all this other stuff, but his kids just know him as dad. Like, they don't know him as this global figure, this, this bigger than larger than life guy. Larger than life, you know, larger than the sport. They don't know him as that. Interesting to see that. So, um, it opened, the episode opens up with, uh, you know, uh, would you really want to be like, then it transitions into the gambling thing. And it opens the show, I'm actually watching now him shooting quarters off the wall with, uh, his security team, like he's betting his security team, I guess, I've never seen this sport before, shooting the things off the wall, the cores off the wall, I've never seen that, but they show that, and, and basically, they get a little bit deeper into gambling, they talk about, um, you know, his gambling ways, and how much he gambles when he plays cards, and you know, when he plays golf, and stuff like that, um, and it talks, and it shows, I guess it shows, his competitive spirit and desire to win, like, it's a, it's a game to him, it's not even about the money, I talked about that with my uncle, like, it's not about the money, it's about, the, it's about the, can I win, like, I just want to win, and that's how he is, period, so, they come out with, they, they talk about two things in particular, that were very interesting, uh, during the, the whole gambling thing, um, the Jordan Rules book, that was the first thing, 
and it talks about, you know, um, and this is, I'm not going to say it was assassinating his character, but it, this is what I talk about, the you really want to be like Mike, because it talks about the inner character, or the, the deeper character of Michael Jordan, and it talks about, you know, him not being like in practice, um, the quotes about Jerry Krause getting fired, and I don't know if Mike said him or not, but, <laughs> um, you know, it's just crazy, like, you know, it kind of, his character gets kind of smeared, basically, because he's not that, he's not as good as people think, you know, so, they get into that, and then, this all comes out, um, or the, the quotes about Jerry Krause getting fired, it kind of comes out during this Knicks Bulls, uh, Eastern Conference Finals, so, uh, no, 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 excuse me, no, no, let me, let me backtrack, the gambling thing comes out, like, as far as him going to AC, he goes to AC during Eastern Conference Finals. So, after game, I think it was game two. Or game one, excuse me. He goes with his dad to AC. They shoot, they're playing in New York. They shoot the AC for the day. They, you know, they gamble a little bit. And um, the Knicks were, like, trying to dethrone the Bulls. Like, they hated the Bulls. They were to the Bulls what the Bulls were to the Detroit Pistons. So, they were trying to dethrone these guys. And, you know... You know, they talk about Jordan having a, a bad game too because you know he looked tired and all this other stuff and like you know is his gambling you know really costing you know is he really focused enough is he, is his gambling really costing his team? Um, interesting to see that because um, the, the Bulls actually won the series. They won the series four to two anyway. I mean they come back, they win game three, they win game four, they win game five um, in the last fourteen seconds where. Uh, who was trying to, I forget the guy who was trying to shoot the ball, um, man, I, I lost it in my notes, but basically this dude, he had several different tries to try to make, try to make it, and I mean, Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, all playing defense on the, no, not Rodman, it wasn't, was it Rodman? No, it wasn't Rodman yet, because Rodman wasn't there, Jordan, Pippen, and it was, uh, Horace Grant, it was Horace Grant, I'm sorry, they were all playing defense on this guy. I mean, swarming this dude. This dude could not get a bucket. Whatever he tried to do, he could not get a bucket. And interesting to see that because, I mean, that just shows you. Um, I think BJ Armstrong said it in episode three or four. He said, Jordan, at one point, he just stopped playing basketball. He actually just, he just, he was there because he knew how to win. He knew not how not, he knew how to win games. Like, everyone else was playing basketball on the court, but he knew how to win. And it showed you in that last 40 seconds, like, he knew what to do in order to win the game. And it all goes back to him winning. His competitive spirit to win. The gambling thing, it's all about him winning. It's not about the money. It's not about any other thing. It's just about him winning. I want to win. That's interesting. That was interesting to me. That's that's defining to me about who Michael Jordan was during that time. I'm not going to say who he is now because I think that over the last few years we've seen, I'm not going to say a different Michael Jordan, but a Michael Jordan um, less intense than we knew him years ago. But we see, you know, a a different Michael Jordan um, in the sense of not the player anymore. We see a Michael Jordan um, more evolved, I guess more mature, I guess you could say, and overall just 
a little bit more relaxed. Not so stuck up, not so uptight, I guess you could say. Um, but anyway, let me get back to it. So they were down uh, the next series, they come back and win. Um, like I told you, he was under scrutiny about going to AC, but then they cut to David, uh, David Aldridge, DA. They cut to him, and he talks about uh, these two incidents. Uh, so this guy, Slim Bowler, uh, came out. Um, well, Michael Jordan owed him some money. Basically, it's a gambling debt. And this dude's in this dude's in jail for like racketeering and all this other stuff now. I guess money launder. I don't know. He's in, he's in jail for basically like some some money stuff. And at the time when Michael Jordan paid this guy, you know, it was just saying like it was a loan. But then he said on the stand when he had to testify like yo, I paid because it was a gambling debt and I didn't want to. I didn't want the embarrassment to come upon my family, so I, I said it was a loan. But it was an actual gambling debt, fifty-seven thousand dollars, which is not a big deal to him. I mean, he got the money. That ain't a big deal to him. So, um, they talk about that, but then talk about this this guy Richard Esquinas, who wrote this book, Michael and Me. Talk about in the book, uh, just gambling on the golf course, basically. But then all these questions start to come along about, you know, Jordan's gambling. Like, you know, is his gambling hurting the team? Is it hurting the league? And then and then that kind of gets into later on a little sidebar about did Jordan really retire because he was suspended? Like it was a theory out there about that. It was just the weirdest thing ever. Like, you're gonna take away the biggest star of the league because of a gambling problem, a quote unquote gambling problem or a gambling investigation. It's weird to me. But anyway, um, there was this big deal about his gambling and you know this is when the, the media scrutiny starts coming down on him this is 93 so this is you know, it's all coming down on him they're trying to three um you know at the height of this is at the still at the height of Michael Jordan the height of the Chicago Bulls you know the height of of the you know the NBA is bigger than it's ever been um like I said, these quotes come out about Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause is looking to, you know, to, to make somebody pay for this. And possibly, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to make Mike pay, but someone's going to pay for this. And he, can't even, he even brought Phil Jackson into his office and, like, highlighted like 25 quotes, you know, about, you know, getting Jerry Krause fired and, you know, all the stuff bad about Jerry Krause. And it's like, you look at this and you're like, Phew man like you know this is bad this looks bad so you got this you got the gambling thing you got um and apparently the whole all the quotes about getting you know jay cross fire was leaked by Har- uh um about to call him harvey grant um horace grant harvest grant <sighs> look at all of this and like man like it's really starting to come down on this guy like the gambling thing the pressure trying to three-peat pressure of basically running non-stop for years just championship after championship you know all season after all season just being the biggest star in the world it's all coming down on them the pressure starting to get to them I think that's what it is and then you know right before the final start he does an interview with Amar shot, but he has on these sunglasses like these huge sunglasses and I don't know why he has them on I, I don't know like he could have been he could have been drinking before he could have just been like I don't want nobody to see my eyes I don't know it, it looked kind of sketchy though but basically you know, after they faced the Suns in the finals, and which was an interesting, a very up and down series, very interesting. Like, 
Bulls won what? I guess the first won the first two games. Suns come back win game three. Bulls win game four at in Chicago. So they're ready to celebrate game five. And they lose game five. They they don't win game five. So they go back to Phoenix for game six. Jordan gets on the plane, cigar in his mouth, tells his crew, tells the teammates, tells all everybody on the plane, I'm only packing one suit. I'm only packing one suit. I'm not going to Chicago. I'm not going to, I'm, excuse me. I'm not going to Phoenix to play two games. I'm packing one suit. And it like, it's so crazy because it goes back to that thing I said about him just knowing how to win games. They were losing the game 97 to 93. Game six, finals. 45 seconds left. Jordan grabs a rebound, goes coast to coast, lays it up. I think it's like 38 seconds left. Mystery by Dan Marley on the uh, on the um, on the, the next possession. Bulls get the, the get uh, get the ball back. Bulls run a play sequence, 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 and then um, basically Jordan drives. Everyone collapses. I think the ball somehow got the Horace Grant, I think. Horace Grant throws it out to John Paxson, who's wide open for a three. Drains a three. They're leading 98 to 97. So in the in a matter of 45 seconds, basically, or I guess you could say it was less than that. I guess it was about 40 seconds or 35 seconds maybe. The Bulls managed to score five points. After being down four, they actually lead they're leading by five now. And they end up winning the game. They end up winning the game. Like, Jordan just knew how to win games. At the end, like, I know what it takes in order to win a championship, to win at the last second, to be down, but to come back. And then you can see after they finally win, the series is finally over. They finally three-peat. Dude, he says it. He said I was my body was getting you know exhausted, but mentally I was I was way past exhausted. He was drained. The dude was drained. And I think you know leading up to the next episodes seven and eight they talk, they get into you know his father being killed, um, him just being tired, just being exhausted. Um, like I said, everything mounted on top of him at this point, and it's just like. I get it. I get it. I get it. Like, he had to just step away. He had to. I mean, what else? I I don't know. I don't know what else he could have done. I don't know what else. He, I don't know if he could have kept playing at such an intense, at such a high level. Tough. You know, because you get, like I said, you get into the next episode to talk about. Like I said, all this happened in like a matter, you know, year, like three years this happened. So... From him winning his first championship in 91 to, you know, repeating in 92, Olympics in 92, the gambling stuff happening, you know, crowds trying to revamp the team and trying to reshape the team and, you know, the quotes getting out and dysfunction in the locker room, dad getting killed. I mean, what? So you, I look at that and I'm just like, man, it's, it was intense. It was intense. Like, it starts to get into the meat of it. And then episode seven and eight, they get better. So, you know, I can't wait to record, uh, you know, the podcast for those two because, you know, um, 
it gets into like the, that. They they probably were so far. My my favorite episode has been episode seven and episode two. Um, the one where he you know torched the torched the Boston Celtics. I love that one. But um, seven is like probably the meatiest episode of this entire series. So five and six kind of they kind of lead you. It's kind of like a lead you on a cliff. Well, it's not no, it's not the cliff because. Seven would be like the cliff, but um, they kind of they lead you. You're going up a mountain basically, and like seven gets really, really intense. Eight is intense as well, and then nine and ten air tonight. So, so far this 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 entire documentary has been nothing but exceptional, to be honest. I mean, I, I look at this entire thing, and I mean, I looked at, I watched some of the stuff, and I'm just like. Man, I love Michael Jordan. <laughs> I wasn't even like, I'm not even like this big Michael Jordan fan or nothing like that. You know, of course I love Jordan sneakers, but I mean, I looked at this episode and I was like, these episodes, I'm like, I love Michael Jordan. Man. I love watching this stuff about him. Like this, you know, he got on Good Morning America and he talked about, you know, him, you know, this possibly being a bad thing and people might think he's a bad guy after watching, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, no, I like, I like him better because of this stuff. I don't care about him cussing out a teammate care nothing about it. I love this stuff I love watching this stuff because he just understood what it was to win and he knew what it took to win and that's what I respect more than anything he played at a high level because he and he knew how to win it wasn't about you know and he, it's not people might make you think like he was enemies with people he wasn't enemies with, I mean he hated Isaiah Thomas but you know he was a competitor he, he ultimately, he knew how to find, you know, that whatever he had within himself in order to compete with people, in order to, you know, just find whatever, whatever he needed to find in order to win. And that's what I respect more than anything. He was friends with a lot of people in the league. I mean, you know, his peers, all this stuff, like he was friends with a lot of people in the league. People might make you think he was some type of a-hole where he wasn't friends with these people. Like, no. He was friends with them. I mean, he might not have been like how it is today where people are like really buddy-buddy and stuff. But the, the, the people, people make you seem like being friends with people in the league is like such a bad thing. Oh, Jordan was never friends. No, Jordan was friends. He was friends with people. He was just the ultimate competitor. When he got on the court, it was all business for him. And I'm not saying it's like not like that for anybody else. But when you're between the lines, you're competing. And that's just what it was for him. And I love how episode, you know, six kind of leads you on, it kind of leads you into the next episode because it talks about how much you like to win, but his gambling thing. And it's like, does that really take a toll on, you know, who he was? Does this really, what happened, what happens because of this? I like that. And then, like I said, we'll, we'll talk about episode seven and eight. I'll, I'll give you the next episode. I'm going to try to record it tonight and um, try to get episodes, uh, my analysis of episodes 9 and 10, I'll try to get that out, probably, I probably won't do that until Monday, because I need to, I need to, I need tonight to watch it, I need another time to actually take notes on it, so, um, really, really well done, all of this stuff, I really, really do appreciate just the, uh, everything about um, this documentary, how deep it's going, and people think, some people think it's crap. Some people don't think it's going deep enough. Some people think it's like a, 
you know, a fluff piece, or some people think it's like, uh, you know, it's a propaganda piece. I don't think that at all. I think that, yeah, when you're telling a story from one side, yes, it's going to be a little bit, you know, shaded, you know, one side. It's going to be favored toward one side. But I think it's being transparent. I think it's being very transparent in ways that it, it doesn't have to be. Ways that, you know, there could have been a lot of things that were kept out of this thing. And there, there are things that are kept out of this thing, but I think overall, we're looking at um, what happened during the 1997-98 season of the Chicago Bulls. That's ultimately what this documentary is on. And it's going back and it's gave you a lot of background story on so many things. In episode 7, you're going to see why I like this uh, this documentary so much as far as the actual just um, the meat of it. Why this is the way it is. Why Jordan was the way he was. Why Chicago Bulls are the way or were the way they were. Why people regard Michael Jordan as the GOAT now to this day. Regardless of having more championships or less championships than anybody else. Doesn't matter. Yes, he doesn't have the most championships in history. No, he doesn't. And I saw something like, somebody said something like, well, you know, why doesn't, or Robert Royce, I think, I don't even know if he really said it, but like, he got seven championships. Why doesn't he have a documentary? No one cares about what Robert Ory does. No one cares. Like, he had a couple shots in some championship games and some, you know, in some uh, finals. And good for him. He got some championships out of it. He was never a main cog of any team that he played on. No one cares about Robert Ory. And, you know, the time where Bill Russell played, different time. Just different time, different league. And that's why I think I like this so much because this talks about the league at a, a competitive high point, I guess you could say. Um, 80s into the 90s, it was really competitive. You know, more teams and more players and game becoming global. Really, really good stuff, I think. So, um, looking forward to recording episode uh, 50 in the next, I guess, in the next day or so. I hope it's going to be tonight. So, this is episode 49 of the pod. I'm going to, you know, get 50 out as quickly as I can. Um, please share this podcast. It's available on Google, available on Apple Podcasts, available on Spotify, available on Anchor. Please share the podcast. Please share, share, share. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All at 444 Podcast. F-O-U-R, F-O-R, the number four podcast. Um, and that's it. That's all I got for right now. So I hope you all are enjoying this. Enjoy the last two episodes tonight, episodes nine and ten. Um, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. Um, and I, like, I, I mean, you know, I, I assume they're going to be great. I, you know, they're going to talk about the Bulls winning it all in 98. But, you know, I just think um, this has been well done. This all has been well done. In episode seven, and episodes, episode seven was particularly one of the best episodes I've ever watched um, of anything. So that was really, really good, and I can't wait to talk about it. And I hope that you guys have enjoyed this. Hope you guys are enjoying the pod. And yeah, um, please share it. Please subscribe to the pod, and please give me a few likes and you know five stars if you can. And I would appreciate that. All right. And until next time, um, I'm signing off. Peace.